Hello and welcome to another episode of Anime Tour Bus. It's me, your beloved Eric, the non-expert, and you're on an anime tour bus, a bus that explores the anime world. And who's that sitting right next to me? Well, that's you, listener. And oh man, we got somebody up front, and that's that's Metzger. Wave, go ahead and wave to her. She, I don't think we've ever waved to her before. She, oh, Metzger, Metzger, what are you doing with your hands? Waving. That doesn't look Metzger. How's your shoulder doing that thing? It's waving. <laughs> your whole shoulder is waving out of play. You have become a tentacle monster. Wave. <laughs> All right. Well, while Metzger really attaches her shoulders. Um, hello. We're we're gonna talk uh, real quick. Eric is working on a special side project, another podcast that might be coming your way soon. More information about that later. And as always, you can follow us on Anime Tour Bus on Instagram and Anime Underscore Bus on Twitter. Uh, and last but not least, check out our website at meyouandweebo so Mesker, let's WordPress.com. talk it's not dot com y'all what is it once more me you and weeaboo.wordpress.com i got such in a groove i'm so sorry so let's go ahead and talk about miss nagatoro this week yeah this week we watched oh what was it episode eight right it- yeah, yes eight or nine nine i think it's eight I think it's eight. Oh, it's no. the one oh, no. after. It's the one after last week. Yeah. So that might actually be fun, Senpai. And let's play rock, paper, scissors, Senpai. Nagatoro sits on Senpai and it's too stimulating. Senpai puts off studying for a new game and is ridiculed ferociously about failing a grade. And while walking home, Senpai cops a feel of Nagatoro's butt when he loses at rock, paper, scissors. Then he sees her naked in the bath. Also, there might be a sensual splinter removal. That that was so sensual. Ugh. But that's Man. the second half of the episode. So let's go back to the first half. Okay. So the first half of the episode. Let's go. <laughs> so, Mesker, I, I myself have uh, played a vigilar game or two. And I know a buddy who took an extra semester in his master's degree because Skyrim came out that year. Oh, um, I remember this friend. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to say is I super get this feeling. But man, when those exams come up and Nagatoro's poking fun at you, maybe maybe got to get to studying. I wonder what the game is, though. He does Whatever. actually study. He does study and he super passes his tests. I, what, I think he got like a 79. Or something. He he got like a mixture of uh, it was like 89s, 82s, like all of his tests. It was somewhere between a high B and a very high C. So we pass. Uh, but they almost seem disappointed that he did not fail a grade to hang and out with Nagatoro. Moro Senpai. <laughs> uh, she actually teases him about deliberately avoiding being in her class. 
Well, and he was like, well, I guess because she goes through all the descriptions of what it would be like, you know, her bugging him and her poking fun at him and maybe they're exercising on a PE field. Your pencil again. You're so. Oh, you forgot your textbook. Oh, gosh. And so and calls him Moto Senpai the entire time, which means ex Senpai. Um, And so so she's poking fun at him and he goes. Actually, I don't think it would be that bad to be in your your grade. And then she gets kind of embarrassed because that's like a, a, him admitting that like he likes hanging out with her a little bit. And oh, she like starts batting him. Oh, what a creepy pervert thing to say, you big old Zumbo. Big, big old pervert. Yeah. Pervert. You creep. That's a creep thing to say, you creep creeper. So, I mean, that's pretty much all. Well, we kind of learned that Nagatoro's friends are all dummies. Yeah, they're always on the cusp of like not passing that they're all, they not all had to good. take remake exams. Except for Nagatoro. Yeah, which is brought to us by the blonde girl that I feel blonde girls giving me different vibes than the other two. Like she seems more honest and more genuine than the other two. But also, I feel like there's something there that's like a little bit conniving, you know? Yeah, she kind of seems like a homewrecker, doesn't she? She does. She's bringing homewreck energy, um, which is where I think a good transition to uh, that friggin splinter comes. Oh my goodness, that one was. I was like, what the hell is happening? I was trying to figure out. I was I like, listening? There's no way. Yeah, so I was listening to it and I'm like, okay, so they've got him, or like, oh, they're, they're doing a thing. But then the more description they got, the more I'm like, there's no way I can justify that he's not about to jizz. <laughs> Were you I don't know why it? that broke me. I don't <laughs> out of everything that we've said, <laughs> out of everything that we've watched, I don't know where you're like, he's he's gonna jizz. Like, this dude is gonna blow. The whole time. It's, uh, like, we're, we're gonna, like, get it out of you, and uh, you're about to get, I don't know. It got real descriptive to the point where I'm like, the only option is that this dude's about to make make wet snow. Worse. You made it worse. <laughs> you, how did you do that? Also, I've never, ever heard anyone call it that. Mesker, I made that one on the spot. You're about, I can probably make like six more if I think about it for like two seconds. But what I'm trying okay, to say is... Not, though. <laughs> okay. So um, Nagatoro's listening at the door and thinking, oh my God, they're about to get his vanilla pudding out of the cup. And, and she cannot take it. She and has she to interrupt. rips open that door and she just sees, of course, the, the redhead girl has her titties on his head. That's that's their natural resting spot. Um, they, they have his arm grabbed and they have a Why? pair of tweezers. Why did I suddenly believe that Senpai had two perfectly shaped indents in his head? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they may be his eyes. I guess I didn't think about that. Okay, sure. Sorry, go go back. Go as you were. Okay. 
So we have uh, Senpai, who is just held, restrained, as they're trying to get the splinter out of him. And then Nagatoro, like, shakes with witch energy, and she's surrounded by the dark magics, and her hair's doing that thing that happens when, you know... You summon the dark energy of the hidden realms, you She's know, as charged. we all do. She she shakes violently with the, the powers of the old ones that are about to stream through her consciousness. And then it comes forward, grips the tweezers and rips it out of his finger. And so the, that's kind of how it happens. And there's a man is that that is the most innuendo filled thing that I have ever listened to. I mean, yeah, that was the point. She chases her girls off. <laughs> so they're walking home and they're playing like she she's noticing all that. And she can kind of see like she's got, I think, still kind of the jealousy of the, the other girls. there, kind of bearing on her on her a little bit. And so she's like, must be easy to just walk <laughs> she's getting mad that he's just walking and doing normal dude things. And she's like, oh must be easy to do those things and then she she's like all right because i think the idea is that he'll carry your bag for her and it'll be all cutesy and whatnot yeah she really wants him to be uh shit cutesy strong boyfriend she really wants him to be chivalrous Oh, we forgot about the exercise time. So it does cut away to them doing some exercise. I, I feel like this scene wasn't really anything. Like she sat on him because he's like, I don't want to exercise too hard work. And I'll relate to you there, man. It's a lot of time and effort you spend doing that thing. She's like, we'll make your muscles big, big, strong. He's like, if I could exercise without moving, I would do that thing. And she's like, all right, I'm going to sit on you and you're kind of going to plank on your knees a little bit. Just hold my body weight up. So she sits on him and it eventually turns into horse riding and then people see them and it's real embarrassing. Oh, yeah, it is like super. And then we touched that BDSM area a little bit there. But uh, so they're walking back home. Rock, paper, scissors. We have them walking home. She wants him to carry her stuff. We're all cutesy and have this this cute moment. And she's like, okay, well, rock, paper, scissors for who carries each other's stuff. And she loses instantly. And it's embarrassing. And I by accident, too. He's just surprised because she lays down a fist so hard that it knocks him back a little bit. And his hand comes up in almost a paper form. And so so she ends up carrying his stuff and muscling it through. And so then he's like, all right, I'll I should let her win. And which man, this girl, she telegraphs her technique, which is something you should never do in rock, paper, scissors. And she telegraphs she's going to throw down scissors. What does he do? He throws down paper. So now he's carrying her stuff and she's having a jolly good time. And then the last time they they do it for realsies and he's and she's like, no, no, no. This time it's not about the bags. You carry me. And then she jumps on his spine. Our poor withered boy's spine. He's he's withered. He's weak. She's so light that she's also got a heavy bag full of books with thoughts in them. She is with thoughts in them. <laughs> the weight of knowledge, Metzger. You didn't consider that, did you? You monster. I did not carry or consider the weight of our sins, which is the weight of the dead trees. 
and all the squirrels that lived inside of them. Uh, so we have this moment where she's about to, she, he's carrying her and making good struggling progress. She's about to fall. And he does that little giddy up thing that you, you do to kind of like get somebody back, back up on the high part of your back. He gets booty cheeks. And his hands, they just drift towards that. It's underbutt. We can call it what it is. Drifts towards that underbutt spot. Maybe inner thigh a little bit. Like if the fingers kind of hook around a bit. It's, it's underbutt, inner thigh area. I don't know why you're trying to like cartography this. Why you're trying to draw a map. <laughs> to Mesker, the place. I'm an expert in, in body spots. <laughs> <laughs> this is the elbow. This is the elbow pit. So what I'm trying to say is at this moment, he he does this. She jumps off of him, sprints away. She's red faced. She's like, I'm going to go this way now. Bye. And then she starts. Teasing him through text messages and she calls him later that night. And then what happens? She's like, hey, where do you think I'm at? And I, as a as an Eric with like more experience than this dude, I would start guessing wild things because that would be fun. So I'd be like, you're on an airplane. That's a FD, F, 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 FCC violation. Don't call me while you're on an airplane. That's not safe. And she would be like, no, I'm not on an airplane. I would be like fighting nazis is that where you're at right now you're in you're in germany fighting in 14 for 1944 whenever 1400s you have just escaped the bubonic plague and she'd be like nope i'm in a bathtub so now everything now the bathtub has kind of lost its weight but you know what doesn't when she accidentally puts him on video oh yes how embarrassing and it takes a predictably long amount of time for him, for her to figure that out. But guess what? He I mean, kudos. he gets to see a little bit up her shoulder. <laughs> you know, the thing that he totally got to see every time she wears a swimsuit or like the one the the oftentimes when she like displays her bra and pushes her titties forward. You know, it's the small things in life, Eric. He gets so. I mean, he gets a full-on solid view of them clavicles, and he's like, "Oh, your your video's on," and she's like, uh, "I didn't realize that." And so then he had to like calm her down, be like, "I only saw the shoulders, the 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 front delts, them them, and a little bit of the lateral deltoids." And um, guessing her parents aren't home, because could you imagine explaining that? Why are you screaming? Why is who screaming? Nagatoro. Oh. She's in, like her reaction is to just scream. And I if thought her you had been home, if I w- you thought I was talking to someone, I thought you heard the man who I shoved into the you know the lower part of the bus where we keep our suitcases and stuff. I thought you, um, <laughs> I thought you heard that man screaming. Oops, sorry. Oh, Please continue. Boy. Please. <laughs> the bus has to feed Metzger. I pedestrian was just, you know, one of those bicyclists too. I gave it to the bus the other day. So what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> she's screaming. She's having a bad time. And I actually was thinking about the parents and the kind of living situation earlier because she was like calling him like, 
uh, gross names like oh i bet you're imagining me naked in the tub and she's yelling and i'm like man i bet no one's home to hear you say that because this is wild you've created a wild situation somebody heard you say that it was like bet who didn't see you naked and you're like god stepdad terry don't do that terry yeah, because he's terrifying. Mm. That's trash. <laughs> trash. Stepdad Lloyd? Lloyd's a good stepdad name. Let's not dwell on it, please. Okay. Instead, let's dwell on Odd Taxi. We support stepdads here. You know who's got stepdad energy? Freaking the walrus. Otakawa. From... Otakawa. He's our taxi driver. In Odd Taxi. Even the, even the adorable little pop star girls have stepdad energy. Oh, no, they have. Hold up. Mesco, this is where the podcast splits. This is where the break off happens. This uh, live, hot here, listener. This is where. You, you you know when like the big companies like they, they had their issues like Rooster Teeth they went through a reckoning and whatnot. Well this is where this podcast goes through a reckoning because I'm going to go ahead and say that these pop star girls don't have stepdad energy. I'll say like the, the little captured uh, you know seized friend of Odakawa he has the, the stepdad energy. I'll give you that one but not everybody in this. What about the alpaca girl? Oh, she's totally got stepdad energy. Oh my fucking god! I hate you so much. She, That's she not started true. Doing, she started doing kickboxing videos to lose weight. Like that's you not know. stepdad energy. I do that, and I, I don't blow. have stepdad energy. <laughs> <laughs> do I? Oh, no. no, comfy shorts. I can. Okay. To be fair, they're just dad shorts. They're they're that's not shorts. They're shorts. Listener, we need some explanation. Uh, So, go ahead. No, I was just going to make a joke about jean shorts being jorts, but dad shorts are jorts. They're dorts. They're Um, dorts. Yeah, you're right. There we go. Dorts. So, I I sent a video to Metzger demonstrating my new genius idea. That is, I, I have some comfy pants. My house was a little bit on the warmer side, and I was like, you know what would make these comfy pants a little bit more comfy is if they weren't as hot. So then I did like a, a four-layer roll-up. So, I mean, it was above the knee kind of roll-up. And then I was like, wow, these feel great, and I can do my kicks in them. So I was like, ah, front kick. And I was like, Mesker, I have discovered a new invention, and it's my my... I call it my comfy shorts. And she was not, she was the level of supportive that you would imagine that Metzger would be. I'd like to take a moment to remind everyone that I'm the weeb of the podcast. And I'm the yes ander. I support her. All right. Guess we're doing, we're, you like anime? Guess we'll do a podcast over it. Okay. Let's do it. Yes and. I mean, you were really stoked about it. And here we are, 31 weeks in. And I mean, so now let's talk about a walrus taxi driver that also fights evil. Walrus. We gotta make a shirt of that. So we, 
we have this guy. He, it starts off with him uh, on the phone with the police, uh, the one his one police contact, and the police contact's like, "All right, bring me in. You're gonna go capture, save, save this one guy. Okay, you're gonna take down an evil mob ring. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, all right." And then he's like, "No, I'm not ready to bring in the police yet." I I need to handle this myself, and the police officer is like, "That's out of my jurisdiction, anyways." K, okay, bye. So instead, I to do my synopsis. Oh, you want to go ahead and give your synopsis? Yeah, it's only it's only like two sentences. Yeah, go ahead, and give it to me. The hippo gets laid, <laughs> and and then called a coward. Dobu gets shot, and we rescue Kakihana. That's pretty good. Um, I don't know that I can beat that. I would say rescue mission, hippo sex. That's what that's that's my single liner. Not it's only does colon. not only does Kakihana thoroughly stress me the fuck out in this show, like every time he's on the screen, but then I find it just the fucking hippo getting laid. <laughs> I know that and one threw me for a loop because I'm like, that's, that that he's a, that's a bra. <laughs> that's not that he's a hippo. No, it's the fucking face that he's making as he's laying in bed, staring at the ceiling while this bunny is like, everyone thinks you're a coward because you won't fight Dobu. But I don't think you're a coward because I just fucked you unless you're actually a coward. In which case, I want to rescind my fucking. She was being so sweet and supportive about it. And then he like goes off the handle and she slaps him, which is good. I didn't expect this slap, but I was like, he deserved that slap. So I really like how that she's like, remember how we fucked? Redacted. <laughs> so what I'm what happens next is a series of events where I mean, essentially, Odakawa saves his friend, and he works and, with Dobu. And Dobu saves the hippo. So Dobu has this very intense fight where... Dobu fight, has real dad energy. Yeah, he's got hearted dad energy. Dobu, Dobu's ready to go all the time. Dobu, so, so Dobu ends up having this big old fight, and... In in the meantime, he's like having this philosophical discussion where like he's like uh, discussing with the guy like, oh, don't don't knock me out or whatever. I can't go back to my boy defeated and all that. And he goes, you should stop working for the small games. Get on this hierarchy thing I'm always talking about. And then knocks him unconscious. Then promptly gets shot. But not by the hippo boy. Presumably no, by our skull not. boy. Skull, skull mask. We do have a short skull mask scene where he's he's like, oh, chasing them down and trying to run them over, but they escape him. There's gunshots, but I mean, it's it's short lived, but it's just, a, oh, he's still here and hunting Otakawa. I also wonder how many bullets he has. I bet it can't be that easy to find bullets in Japan. That was a thought that I didn't have. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, the entire time I'm like, okay, so he has six, seven shots in this gun. Already we know some of them have been used. I think he's up to like five or six shots already being used. Um, so I, 
it cannot be easy to find bullets in Japan. And I mean, he would have to go to like a, a sketchy source and then would be some upcharged bullets. But I mean, they could probably justify it. Considering but... the fact that Skull Mask Kid believes that the gun is a gift from God. Yeah. I don't think he's got the sources with which to get more bullets. But will they do that? Because like How many in movies, does that gun have in it? I it's six or seven. It's a it's a revolver, and I'm pretty sure it, it only is has a revolver. six or seven okay. uh, shots inside of it. Um, yeah, it looks like a a thirty eight revolver. That is what I would approximate it to be. You know, the gun expert of the group. I couldn't even remember that it was a revolver for a second. I like I haven't given this gun any thought. No, I get stuck on this because the dude's practically wasting bullets. Yeah, because he, he fires one through the window of Arakawa's car. One, one through, through the leg the of Dobu. I was going to say one through the window of his apartment. One into the sky. One, one into in, the sky. There was another one. One oh. into Dobu. Technically two into Dobu. That's right. Because so he had to graze. And then, well, he also did, uh, this is the second time he shot the taxi. Oh, no, the taxi shot that he did while they were driving went through uh, Dobu. Yeah. So he's at five shots. He's done five shots. So. <laughs> and that's, and you're, and you're assuming that Dobu buried this gun. Well, we saw the box. We saw the box with well, like no sticker rounds in it. Yeah, we are assuming he hadn't used any rounds. That it's fully loaded. Which Dobu would keep the gun fully loaded, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I guess, because if, you, if you're going... I, can you imagine running to, being Dobu and running to the park because you need your gun and you're having to like, stop and try and dig this gun up from underneath the tree? And then it's not there. It's like the phone or whatever. <laughs> it's the cracked phone. Bird. And then he gets he manages to like do the rice bag thing, get the phone to work again. And oh hey, cool! I have a very expensive dodo bird. <laughs> I mean, if you did that, then like Skull Kid would just give the fucking the fastest way to ver or reverse a psychological breakdown. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. So let's let's keep progressing here. We have the rescue of our one guy. He throws the ring off a bridge into like this little flowing creek river yeah, thing. But then he goes and gets it back like a coward. When he no no no. When he did that, I'm like, he better not fucking throw that thing. This dude's so goddamn broke. He's so there's no reason. Don't do this. And then he did it, and I was like, you dumb. Yeah, I hate you. And so then when he goes back to get it, I'm like, that's right. You took out a loan you have to repay, you dumb dumb. Yeah, but whenever you leave a jewelry store with jewelry, you can never return it. Because they can never certify that the thing that you bought, you're actually returning. That's not true. Uh, so all diamonds are laser etched with a number. Um, and those numbers uh, it can be seen through like those little glasses that they have, the magnifying glasses. So you can identify. That's actually how like stolen diamonds happen. Like, oh, this diamond is registered as stolen because it so has this it encryption. So it would have to, to be a diamond and not cubic zirconium. 
Oh, I mean, that's a that's a fair point. But we know that this guy was going all out. And I think they might also do it for like other ones. But I know for sure they do it. Because if that's the truth, then Macy's is full of shit. Really? Yeah, because uh, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. That story doesn't belong here. (laughs) Well, if it is cubic zirconium, then uh, I don't know, maybe not. But if it's diamonds, then yes, for sure. I learned that from watching an episode of Lucifer where they had a diamond thing and like a guy was trying to use his laser powers to remove those etches and whatnot. But it was pretty good. It was it was a good episode. Highly recommend. Um yeah. All diamonds have zero numbers. In the US, only diamonds that have been graded by the Gemological Institute of America carry an engraved serial number. If your diamonds idea. have serial numbers, that's what I say. Also, diamonds are a trap. Don't do it. Opals are pretty cool. You should do more opals. Diamonds are what happens. When like a Dogecoin thing happens in the real world. But the meat and potatoes of this episode to me comes at the end. Where Goriki goes to Otakawa's home and meets his landlord. Who reveals that Otakawa's moving to avoid bringing her trouble. And she... So like you remember that Otakawa's parents are gone. Right? Yes. Yeah. And that he had some sort of beneficiary or something that provided him with money for all of his life. And they donated enough money to this landlord for him to be able to live there indefinitely. But Otakawa's been repaying the rent back to her so she can give it back to that company. Because he doesn't want to owe anyone. Yeah. Goriki this entire time has thought that Otakawa's parents have just been missing. And the landlord is like, no, honey, they're dead. And she's been looking after him and he's more than paid his like he doesn't need to pay rent. She's straight up just checking on him. Yeah, but why wouldn't Otakawa say my parents are dead? What is Otakawa hiding? What's up with his fear of water? Because I think these things might be connected. Oh boy, can't wait for you to watch the next episode. (laughs) Okay, well Metzger's looking ahead. And hey, you might be looking ahead too, listener. That's okay, that's That's fine. Look ahead out for our new podcast that will soon be coming up. Um, I won't tell anymore just now, but there's another one in the works. And guess what? We also have that Instagram, Twitter, and uh, our webpage that you should check out. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Mesker, you got any outgoing thoughts? Why am I never prepared for this? Maybe it's because I prepare for everything else, and this is just your thing? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's kind of... Eric's got to take care of the... Eric uh, is the janitor of the bus. <laughs> I make sure everybody's shuffled off. What janitors do? They just poke people with the broom. That's not, yeah. <laughs> y'all get in! Y'all, y'all get in! I want to 
wanted to give. I don't know. I thought maybe it'd be fun to do a fun fact at the end. Okay. Is it about diamonds? What? No, it's not about diamonds. Well, this one. I heard this, but I wanted to find the source. I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to do. <laughs> it'd be fun to do a dumb fucking source. As a dumb, like, end of the podcast thing. Okay. I'm waiting. Hey, listener, guess what? Approximately 30% of fathers in the U.S. don't know that they are fathers. And with that information, kind of ponder that, think that <laughs> over. And with that, bye! <laughs> Why the fuck? I just because we were talking about dad energy. Yeah, and I heard that the other day also, and I was like, I want to look this up. This is bad boy. My God, Doctor Elliot Phillip. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like statistics. Uh, it was uh, oh man, like I think it's three percent of fathers uh, believe that they are the biological father uh, until at least the age of eighteen of an individual. Yeah, at least that's a pretty nice low number. I don't think that's low at all. You I said know, three? Three percent. Yeah, that's wild to me. Yeah, but, that means 97 people or 97 percent either know they're not the father or are the father. But that means law of large numbers. That's just going like, that's wild. That is a wild amount. Three percent in like. Uh, oh, approximately uh, 40% of men in the U.S. are dads. Is that an age attached to it? No, just 40% of men in the U.S. are dads. So we're are we guessing men means 18 and older? Or no. all I have, male. all I have is I don't have the I don't have anything more for you, Metzger. Because this is problematic, depending on. 40% of men in the U.S. are dads. Okay. I should save some of these things. How many, how many percent of men are moms? Intense Googling. The limit does not exist. <laughs> this is the dumbest fucking podcast. <laughs> this is the stupidest podcast, man. Scare. <laughs> the limit is not in. God fucking damn it. I don't know what we do with ourselves sometimes. Okay, bye! One second, I have a, I have a outgoing. Uh...